Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time hey everyone it's ted from consumer cellular the guy in the orange sweater and this is your wake-up call If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. A young family. Dad. 
mom, two young sons. Standard family. Nothing outstanding about them. Kind of white picket fence type thing you'd always want. Dad works hard. Mom works hard around the house. Kiddos well-behaved for the most part. American dreams type stuff. Really, let's be honest, world dream type stuff. Kids take off as boys are wont to do. Mom, we're going outside to play. See you, boys. Be safe. Have a good one. We will, Mom. Take off. Go start throwing the ball around. Mom checks on them a couple times, make sure they're still out there. Goes the third time to check, and they're gone. And she goes looking for them. And you get that feeling every parent knows, at least briefly, of I lost sight of my kid. What if he's chopped up into little pieces already? Every parent knows that feeling. If you're not one yet and you're rolling your eyes, trust me, when you have kids, you'll know it. You'll know it. And she doesn't find them. And she never finds them again. Tell you what, we'll come back to that. Let's talk about a hero for a minute. A legend, really. Was born in the early 1400s, 1404 to be specific. And he was born in France during the Hundred Years' War. Now, not many people talk about the Hundred Years' War because it was during medieval times. Quick side note, I should mention it did not last 100 years. It actually lasted 116. So there's that. But remember our rules about war. Same rules as always. Any war that goes on a long time, well, it goes on a long time because there aren't big decisive battles. There's a reason World War II didn't go on 100 years. The Civil War didn't go on 100 years. You can't maintain that type of carnage. Napoleon's wars didn't go on 100 years. When you're losing 20, 30, 40,000 men in a battle, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you don't last 100 years. Afghanistan. Why have we been there so long? Well, we can't, because of the nature of the enemy, have a big decisive battle where they win or we win. We can't. So you slowly bleed. What is that great William Tecumseh Sherman line? I'm going to massacre it because I don't have it in front of me right now. About how war is hell and war should be fast and vicious because the worst kind of war is a protracted war. Long, slow bleed. Get it over with. You see this in boxing matches all the time. Ever see a boxing match or hear about a boxer who died? What's the case most of the time? Did he face some gigantic Goliath-looking Terminator who knocked his head off in the first round? No, when they when the boxers die, it's almost always in a boxing match that goes on a long time. 
hit after hit after hit, but nobody can land the one big shot and just end the thing mercifully. A quick side note on that, but let's just understand the Hundred Years' War was not 100,000 man battles meeting on the plains somewhere and shoving spears in each other's eyes. And now it was vicious. It's been described as a hundred year gang war more than anything else, but it was vicious. I'm not going to go into what it was about specifically uh, because it's mind numbingly boring and it's impossible to keep straight, especially if you don't have a textbook and notes in front of you, because that was the way medieval times were. Essentially it was this England owned some land that was really in France kind of a vassal of France. They were a vassal of France. And one day France decided that land's going to be ours. And England said, no, that's going to be ours. And then they killed each other for a hundred years over it. That is the weapons grade simplified version, but that's what it was. And medieval times, like I was just trying to say, it gets very confusing because it's, it's not just France versus Germany, Russia. They're going after Turkey. It's, it's the House Van Court of the House and the Duke of Wellington. He took off after John V of the House Baratheon going after the Duke of Denmark. It's You can't what? I, who? Who are these people? And this is going to come into play in a little while here, so let me just clarify. You have a place like France, which is where our story is going to take place today. A place like France is ruled by a king. Okay, that's easy to understand. But kings are over and in many cases heavily influenced by, sometimes even run by, depending on the power structure, various nobles, lords, whatever you want to call them. And I know sometimes those are different things. Again, I'm not going into the boring details of it. You're a king. Let's Let's say you have states within your kingdom. That's kind of true, but not. Again, I'm not going into it. And you have a lord of that state. But understand this, and this is going to be important. Back then, let's say you have a king of America. And you have a lord of the state of Tennessee. He's not a governor. He, he's basically a god king. He can do whatever he wants. As long as when the king calls and says, hey, Lord of Tennessee, uh, I'm going to go to war with someone. I need you to go ahead and send me some troops. As long as that noble or that lord does it, other than that, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. And within one of those states, there was a man Born in 1404, and his name was Gil or Jill, depending on who you're actually listening to talk about it, who you're reading. I'm going to call him Gil because it reminds me of that fish from What About Bob, and it always makes me laugh every time I bring it up. If you don't know what I'm talking about, my word, go watch What About Bob. Chris, please tell me you've seen What About Bob. You are a comedy nerd and you've never seen What About Bob? Oh, dude. Oh, God. Anyway, I'm not going to get sidetracked with Chris's idiocy. And Gil, well, he was born into an extremely wealthy family. 
Now, remember I talked about the nobles and lords. His, his folks were extremely wealthy, extremely important, and extremely politically active. And this is not the year 2020. This is the year 1404. Therefore, you cannot have a Zoom meeting with the king. You can't text the king, call the king. You can't even write the king an email. If you are politically active and ambitious and trying to do things, you are gone. And Gil didn't really have him around. But they were wealthy and they wanted, you know, young Gil here is going to be a knight. And so they made sure Gil was highly, highly educated, speaking Latin, highly educated in military matters, philosophy, mathematics. They made sure his religious education was on point. Hugely Catholic back then. Hugely. And then something awful happens to Gil when he's 11. Hang on. There are few feelings worse than laying down to go to sleep at night. Long day. You know what I'm talking about. And knowing that you've got another long day tomorrow. And don't we all? And you lay down to go to sleep and you can't do it. You can't get there. Your mind will not turn off. You're thinking about the day you just had. You're thinking about the day to come. You're thinking about the kids, coronavirus, depression. All these other things go through your mind. You need an ebb sleep now more than you've ever needed one. It's EBB, by the way, an ebb sleep. Go to tryebb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the code jesse. At checkout, you get 25 bucks off. It's not drugs. It's not more pills. It's a wearable device that provides continuous cooling to your forehead area, calming those thoughts so you can get to sleep and stay asleep. Tryeb.com slash Jesse. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Tragedy comes to Gil's home. It's funny how, let me clarify something really quickly. When you deal with extremely old things, I mean, shoot, when you deal with something that happened 20 years ago, how different people who write the story, write about the story, talk about the story, can get some of the most basic facts of the story In a different way. What I mean by that is I'm going to tell you something from history every single day, as you can probably figure out by now. Oftentimes, as I read through various things, I'll listen to various podcasts on certain things just to get different perspectives on things and pick up little nuggets here and there. People will get facts, quote, air fingers, quote, facts, Wildly different. 
I comb through what I can and try to get it as accurate as I possibly can. But I've done ones before where people will talk about an army of 35,000. And quite literally, I will open up an article or a paper written on the exact same battle, and that same army will be described as 85,000. Now, that's not a small difference. But it happens all the time, and it does not bother me in the least, and it shouldn't bother you. It's going to bother some of you, though, like someone like my wife who needs things precise. No, how many was it? Was it 35,000 or was it 34,000? You just said it was... There are people like that. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You're born that way. I'm not that way, so just don't major on the minor. That's a long way of saying what happened to Gil next with bo- was both of his parents died. We know that. What people can't seem to agree on is who died first. They died within months of each other. You would think that would be something that would be easy to figure out, especially we are in an age where things did get written down. But I read something right off the bat that says Gil's father died in battle. Now, we know his father died in battle. And then his mother died a few months later of illness. Ah, oh, that sucks. And then in the, uh, five minutes later, I opened up something else on it, and it said Gil's mother died of an illness. And a few months later, his father died in battle. You see what I mean? So don't major on the minor. Both the freaking people are dead. We know that. We know his mother died of an illness. We know his father died in battle. And as a quick side note here, some of you may be thinking, I don't understand. I thought they were the wealthy political people, the leaders of society. Well, here's the thing about that. There's not an easy way to put this. The way we do it here in 2020 America is absolutely not the way it has been done throughout the history of the world. And when I'm talking about it, I'm talking about warfare. Yes, we do a lot of things great here, most things better here. But even in our history, our beginning, it was expected if you were a president, if you were a senator, if you were a congressman, a governor, if you were some kind of leader You better have fought or fight or, absent that, one of your sons had better. Theodore Roosevelt gets a bad rap because he was a hugely big government Republican with no love for the Constitution whatsoever, and obviously I hate that about him. But I'll always respect Theodore Roosevelt because for being such a pro-war dude, which he really was, which I'm not, I'm not. Theodore Roosevelt wanted to be in personally everyone and made dang sure he was either in everyone or in the case of something like World War I where he was too old, they had to actually threaten him to not go because he was going to go by himself if they didn't let him go. And then he turned around and basically all of his sons went and lost one of them in it. And others got wounded. At least that's a man with skin in the game. I despise, despise with all of my being this blue blood society we have now where these politicians 
send people off to war and talk about the importance of war and we need boots on the ground and we can't allow this to happen and this is happening in Yemen. We got to send our troops. And did you see this happening in Venezuela? This is a moral outrage. And what? Oh, you want you want any of my sons to go? Oh, no, no, no. They're working at a hedge fund. But your sons, they should definitely go because it's important. I don't mean to go off on a tangent here during our story, but let's just say you're going to hear me repeat a million times. Don't tell me what you care about. Show me what you care about. What's that great saying from Missouri? They call it the show me state. Show me. So if you're somebody like Senator Mitt Romney, you're worth a small fortune. You believe all the time in boots on the ground. We can't draw down any troops in Syria. We better send troops here. This is a moral outrage. We're, we have to send troops here. And you have 9,000 children and none of them have ever come within 5,000 miles of a recruiting office. I have an issue with that. A big issue with that. You want to go, show me how important it is to you. Put your flesh and blood up there with the bullets and the bombs. And not some not some chicken-ass job either, and you all know what I'm talking about. Well, of, of course I'm going to send my son. He's going to do typewriter maintenance for the legal office back at the main bay. Oh, no, he's not going to leave the wire. No, if you want to go, you go. Or send your kid to go. All right, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. But Gil's father, yes, wealthy, yes, important, but this was an era in, in many ways, well, not in that many ways, I guess, but in many ways, a better era when it comes to warfare and that if you're pushing for one, if you want one, if you think one is important, I don't care how much money you're worth. And these people were billionaires, I should note, by those standards. You pick up a sword and a spear and get your butt up on the horse and you go shove it into somebody's chest and watch them try to shove one into yours. And he took off and he died in battle. And now you have this orphaned 11-year-old, but he's not exactly destitute. As I said, his parents were extremely wealthy, and he had a grandfather. Eh, grandfather was a little rough around the edges, to put it mildly. Actually, his father was pretty explicit about the fact he did not want Gil to be raised by his grandfather, because his grandfather was a notoriously ruthless human being. However, Gil ends up with his grandfather. We'll come back to that in a minute. Gil grows up into a fine young man, joins the battle in the Hundred Years' War, and fights right beside a young lady you probably have heard of before. Her name was Joan of Arc. And Gil wasn't just somebody who walked by Joan of Arc one day. He was her right hand. He saved her life. Some say more than once he saved her life. And Gil, by all accounts, was a lion in battle. Extremely skilled at military tactics. Extremely skilled with a sword in his hand. Would throw himself into the heat of battle in danger has a record of multiple battles about his bravery. And let's be honest, bravery with a sword in your hand is something special, isn't it? 
was so brave and so incredible. He was given the highest military honor in France. They named him Marshal of France. When I say hero, I mean hero. Until it went wrong. went wrong for Gil, I'm probably putting it mildly, and this is the time where you probably should turn off the radio for about 10 minutes or so if you have a child in the car. I will clean this up as best I can, but that hero I just told you about named Gil Many people, not not one random person, many people say he's the most evil human being who ever walked the face of the planet. So if that should, if that, that, that really should give you some indication on where we're going. And if I can make any small defense of Gil, which there is no defense of Gil, let's backtrack just a little bit. You remember that grandpa? Well, his name was Jean, and he was the Antichrist. And he really only cared about money. And when I say cared about money, I don't mean like the way Jewish producer Chris cares about money by saving random pieces of scrap wood in order to make a menorah. I'm not making that up. I mean cared about money as in he wanted something some wealthy lady had. So he simply rode over there with his men, grabbed her threw her in a dungeon, starved her almost to death, pulled her out of the dungeon, tied her up in a leather bag, and threw her in the river until she agreed to sign over what he wanted. That's pretty much the kind of guy he was. Oh, and he educated young Gil in, well, his version of morality. You see, Gil was supposed to, in the mind of Jean, marry this young lady. Now, remember... We're in an era where, especially rich people, nobles, they didn't marry for love. That looks great in the movies. Oh, Romeo and Juliet. There's a reason they made a play about it. Because it didn't really happen, especially not with wealthy, important people. If you had someone you loved as a, as a, as a king, as a noble, if you had a woman you loved, that's fine. You just keep her on the side and you go marry somebody else. They were all marriages of power and alliances and we need to join our estates with this estate and join our country with this country and this was no different. Jean wanted Gil to marry a particular young lady, his cousin actually, and the young lady's family kind of didn't want that because Jean was a scumbag and so they did what any reasonable people would do. Jean and Gil hid out in the forest, kidnapped said cousin assaulted said cousin in ways that I do not need to elaborate for you, thus given, you know, 
the the traditions of the time, dishonoring her and forcing her into the marriage with Gil. Quite a way to kick off the honeymoon phase, is it not? So when I say, when I describe for you the things Gil's about to do, remember something. At the age of 11, Gil began to be raised by a monster. But, by some accounts, some not, but by some accounts, Gil was really into torture and pain very, very, very early. Now he gets out of the army. He's done with the Hundred Years' War. He's the Marshal of France. Oh, and he is one of the wealthiest men who ever lived for a brief, brief period of time. I say brief period of time because he went on this horrific spending spree buying gold curtains. And I'm not I'm not saying gold color. He would sew gold into his curtains, castles all over the place. He put on a play free of charge, which plays were the movies back in the day. It would be like making a bunch of Avengers movies and not charging people for them because he wouldn't charge anyone for them. Somehow, the guy who they say was the Warren Buffett of his time managed to borderline bankrupt himself, at which point the king of France stepped in and said, okay, you can't lose all of your money. Just go over to these few castles and live there. Here's the problem for the people who live there. Remember how I said they're basically like god kings back in the day? Gil was the god king of that era. And here's the truth of the matter. You can really, really roll the dice with who's in charge of your life back in that day. There were several and God bless them, who chose to take that station as their God-King status and do everything wonderful they could possibly do for the people. It was their job to protect the people. They tried to make sure the people had food. They tried not to take advantage of them with too much taxes, things like that. And then there were simply monsters. Monsters. And Gil redefined what a monster was. Gil began because, well, I mean, who knows? Because he began to try to turn things into gold. It's called alchemy. He began to try to conjure up demons, which that's a death penalty offense back in the day. And when I say try, I don't mean he sat down for some weirdo Ouija board session one night. I mean, he had, quote, experts brought in to help him conjure up demons. The demons that he was trying to conjure up, and the devil, at some point, unsurprisingly, they began to ask for the blood of children. So Gil would ride out or have his men ride out to his lands and simply take them. Or he would have them brought to him. Or he would have them kidnapped. And let me just clarify again. This gets a little bit ugly here. I'm going to be as gentle as I possibly can. There are multiple people. This wasn't one thing I read or heard. There are multiple people who say this man is on the short list, if not at the top of the list of the most evil men who have ever existed on the face of the planet. 
he would take these children, your kid, my kid, anybody's kid, steal them from you, take them to a castle. Now, remember, these are generally poor people. They'd never seen the inside of a castle before, and he was apparently quite kind showing them the place, would have them bathed. A bath was a very, very big deal back then. Would have them bathed, would have them clothed in the finest clothes, then would take them down to a dinner, and he would put on a grand feast for them where he would feed them like king's foods. Foods a child like that would have maybe, maybe read books about, other than that, never knew existed and certainly never tasted. Ever. After that time, after that dinner, he would take them up to a special room where he and his friends were waiting, and he would calmly, almost pleasantly, they say, explain to the child everything that was about to happen to them. And they say that was one of his favorite moments was the look of shock and horror on the child when they figure out they're about to be tortured and murdered. He would then hang said child from a hook, torture them in ways I'm not going to describe because I'm virtually sick to my stomach as we speak. He would have their throats cut. And then when I said the most evil man who ever lived, it's hard to argue with it when you find out that we're talking about young boys here Young boys who he also assaulted in other ways. And then after he had their throats cut, would sit on their stomachs so he could look at them in the face as they died. You see, there is an extremely important lesson we can all learn from this horrible story of the man, his name was Gil DeRay or Jill DeRay. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. Clean Phone Pro. You need one because your phone is disgusting. My phone is disgusting. We, we, we touch them all the time. We touch a doorknob, then we touch our phone. You touch a pen from a buddy, then you, then you touch your phone. You set your phone down on tables. You set your phone down on desks. You go to a restaurant. Your phone's sitting right there by you. Do you know if that table's been disinfected? It probably has not. And look, your phone just gets these bacteria on it, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and soon you've got a forest of bacteria on that thing you put up to your face. Unless you have a Clean Phone Pro. If you have a Clean Phone Pro, then you can put it on there. It has nine powerful UVC lights and it disinfects your phone. Go to AmericaFirstShop.com and get the Clean Phone Pro. If you use the promo code JESSE, you get free two day FedEx shipping. AmericaFirstShop.com, Clean Phone Pro. Get one now. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome.
Don't worry. Gil got his in the end. Kind of. I mean, what what would justify, what would be an appropriate punishment for somebody like that? What, what could be bad enough? That family I told, told you about at the very beginning of those boys, that was a real story. Gil took them. He would take multiple at a time if he could. What, what's bad enough on this earth for somebody like that? They got him eventually. Funny thing is, it wasn't about the kids because bear in mind, remember what I talked about, that family with the boys missing, even if they thought they knew, you don't have anywhere to go. He is in charge of you. You don't get to go around him to talk to somebody else. He's everything to you. But they got him. It was a you know a land dispute about this, and this guy wanted this land, and I'm not going to go into all the details. He eventually gets busted. His buddies who did it with him get busted. Everybody starts confessing. You know how it goes. Gil is eventually threatened with torture if he doesn't just come clean. Torture back then was not having some water poured on your face with a rag over it. It was a bit more elaborate than that. Gil said, hey, there's no need to torture me. I'll tell you everything. And he confessed to, well, what we think is everything. Over 80 children. Over 80. 80 is thought to be the low end. Again, remember I told you the numbers always differ. You can find things that say 150. You do that to one child. You're a demon. You do that to that many and like it. What are you? His name, for those of you furiously Googling right now, is Gil DeRay. G-I-L-L-E-S. Then there's a D-E, kind of like a middle name, and R-A-I-S. It always drives me crazy whenever I hear someone talk about history and they just keep just muddling through the name as if I know who that is. I want more. What's his name? Gil DeRay. His name's Gil DeRay. Gil DeRay. What? Gil? Who? What's his first name? Is his first name Gilda? What? I can't. So that's his full name. You don't take, and I don't take, even though I try to take. You and I, we do not take freedom seriously enough. We do not value it in a way it should be valued. And it's not your fault. It's not my fault. Especially those of us who are trying to, because the truth is this, we've never experienced something else. We've never experienced the opposite of it. And here's what's crazy. The history of the world, for the most part, is the opposite of it. I heard, a, I heard this story, and, and I read about this story, about this monster and these things. And all I could picture was, I mean, we tell this tale through his eyes. And the tale is about him, right? The monster, the war hero, the, all these other things. It's about him, right? But the individual peasant boy who was out picking apples at nine years old, to bring back for his family and gets 
kidnapped by armed men and lives out the few remaining days he has in, let's be honest, hell. Hell. Especially in those days, pre-books and movies and, and all kinds of ugly things on the internet, you would think in those days, you would think you're in hell and you're surrounded by demons. And that kid doesn't get his story told individually. He doesn't. There's no Wikipedia page for that kid. Those people who lived under guys like that, who live under tyranny, their lives were living hells. Those people, those people would do anything for the chance to be free. Anything. What would you do if it was your wife, your kids, you're living under a monster, and you know that any day could be your day or their day? What would you do to be free of that? Anything, right? Anything in your power. You'd give anything. You'd give your life. But we... You and I, not pointing fingers at you. We have only known freedom from things like that. That's all we've ever known. We live in America. And so when I see things like like, like headlines I'm about to describe to you, man, it just tells me, We have completely lost, completely lost what our freedom actually means. Boomer Naturals. Remember that name because it's about to be, well, it's about to be an improvement on your life. For one... They have face masks. Let me repeat that. They have face masks at boomernaturals.com. You see, everywhere else is either sold out or now. I saw this yesterday. I just, it was, it was all I could do not to just shake my head right in the guy's face. They have these junky looking face masks they're selling at the local gas station. I know you've probably seen them too. You can practically see through the thing and you're thinking, dude. Come on now. That's not keeping anybody safe. You might as well wear a piece of mesh on your face. Boomer Naturals face masks, they stop 92.2% of the bacterial. That is amazing. Go to boomernaturals.com and use the code JESSE20 at checkout. It will actually save you 20% every time you shop there with everything they have. Boomernaturals.com. The code is JESSE20. If I may say something that's going to get me in trouble, a little bit radical, what if it's not the nature of man? 
What if our nature is to seek out a king? And we only get freedom in these brief periods of time throughout history when you've had a crappy king for long enough. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's not. I I don't know. But I know when I'm reading the two headlines that are sitting in front of me right now, I say to myself, we genuinely, genuinely have no concept of what it's like to live under the yoke of somebody else. We have no concept of it. It blows me away that folks can look around in the United States of America, luxuriating here, doing as you please, and say to yourself, man, I wish somebody else had a lot more control over me. But apparently that's where we are. We're about to talk about it. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I just want to be clear about something before we, you know, get to these headlines that I'm freaking out about. You do, you do understand that not even ancient history, but recently the Internal Revenue Service for the federal government on behalf of the Democrat president, they went after the president's political opponents? You understand that, right? You understand that, I mean, really recently, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, that's the law enforcement arm of the federal government, in case you weren't aware, they took information they knew to be false and they took it to the FISA court, FISA court, which is supposed to be sacred. And they used that false information so they could wiretap the political opponent of the president of the United States of America. You've, you've heard of, you know, Hoover, the guy they named the Hoover building after, his J. Edgar. Should I elaborate further? You know why he was able to remain in power for so long in Washington, D.C.? Are you aware of why? Because he spent his time collecting dirt, all the affairs, all the financial corruption, everything else on the various people in power. You understand that the history of the world, but definitely the history of the United States of America, is... Government doing anything it can to stay in power, and that anything it can means abusing you in any way possible, they would happily, without hesitation, 
throw you and your family in a cell the rest of your life if it meant keeping their seat. You're, just, you're nothing. You're a nameless face. You're, you're nobody. I'm nobody. And yet people, they're not only are okay with more government control, with more government knowledge over the things they have, they offer it. Not offering it. They're begging for it. Here's the headline. Here come COVID-19 tracing apps. As governments around the world consider how to monitor new coronavirus outbreaks while while reopening their societies, many are starting to bet on smartphone apps to help staunch the pandemic. There are conflicting interests, said Tina White, a Stanford University researcher, who first introduced a privacy-protecting approach on Friday. Governments and public health want to be able to track people to minimize the spread. Let me explain. A recent poll just came out showing half of Americans, half, are okay with tracing apps for coronavirus. That means half of the people in the United States of America. Look at that phone of yours. Pick it up. The one hopefully you disinfected with Clean Phone Pro. You ready for this? Pick up that phone. Half of your countrymen, they want the government, state, local, or federal, to be able to track you with it. And people are okay with this? Do you understand what the government can and will do with power and control over you? Do you understand how precious freedom is? It's everything. It's quite literally, when you're building a country, it is everything. It's not, well, one of the concerns. I mean, we'll have it until someone gets sick. It's all that matters. All of it. And I don't know where we lost that. Because someone got sick? There's no way you're going to convince me we lost that because of a virus. That had to be this kind of absurdity. This has to have been years in the making. We had to have been primed to hand it all away. Because this doesn't just happen on a, on a virus. It, it does not. And you know what? I think I have the solution. Or, or not the solution. I think I have the cause of the problem. This is from Free Beacon Poll. 78% of college students want to restrict threatening ideas. More than three in four college students want safe spaces on their campuses that are free of threatening actions, ideas, or conversations. You see, we have lost whatever Lewis and Clark had. You know Lewis and Clark. Maybe I'll do a story on it one of these times. There's the Louisiana Purchase. There's the Wild West. We need somebody who's brave enough to throw some muskets and some pen and paper in a in a riverboat and head upstream and see what's out there. And hopefully you make it back. And they had multiple volunteers. We are so obsessed with safety and control. And this is coming, well, 
It's coming from you. It's coming from me. Probably not us specifically, if you're listening to my show, but this is coming from parents, and it's coming from the public education system. And it's coming from a real basic knowledge that people are getting at school that America really sucks. Have you talked to somebody who is being currently educated in the public school system recently? Do you know what they teach your children? I live in a relatively rural, I live in the suburban area of Texas, right? You would think blood red God and country, man. You guys probably just learn about the Alamo every day. Do you know what all the neighborhood kids, one of the things they're most passionate about? All of them. Stopping climate change. Why are they passionate about that? Because it's been beaten into their heads in school day after day after day after day. It's on every nature documentary. Who doesn't love a nature documentary, right? I used to watch them all the time with my old man when I was a kid. Marty Stauffer, all that. Have you turned one on lately? I like watching it with my kids because you don't have to see any drag queens or anything like that. It's just nature, except you make it two minutes into it. These great polar bears won't be here very long if the ice caps keep melting. Every single time. They're all one big infomercial for climate change. Oh, and that's, that's the good news when it comes to education. Ask your child. Ask them. Ask, the, ask your child's friends what they learn in history class about the United States of America. Do you know what they learn about the United States of America? Let me elaborate for you. They learn that we slaughtered the Indians. They learn about slavery. Oh, boy, do they learn about slavery. That's about 60% of the course. Then, I mean, we skip a couple things. I mean, there was World War II. That was kind of important. The Great Depression and all that stuff. But have you heard about the civil rights movement? And then, up, oh, looks like we're done here, class. Have a good time next year in sixth grade where we'll really get into details on slavery. Do you think it's an accident? Kids get to college and they really don't care for America? That doesn't just happen. That doesn't magically happen because it's the year 2020. You are taught those values. Wake up. Jesse Kelly. Hong Kongers support of pro-democracy shops violates the free market, says Beijing. Beijing's office in Hong Kong has slammed shoppers' support for pro-democracy businesses as violating free market principles. You see, I'm not going to go into the story of all of it. You know who appreciates freedom? People in Hong Kong. 
Do you know what? Let me try to explain Hong Kong in the lamest way possible because I don't even fully understand Hong Kong. (laughs) Hong Kong, it's in China, but not really in China. It's not really part of China. It is, they kind of pay tribute to China. A lot of the money China gets comes from Hong Kong because from what I'm told, I've never been there. If you want freedom, baby, it is Hong Kong. It is supposed to be loud and bright and lights everywhere and wild and wealthy beyond belief and crazy, but crazy for freedom because China thinks Hong Kong should be theirs. And Hong Kong does not want to belong to China. Hong Kong wants to be free. And they're not on a safe college campus at Penn State talking about how things just need to be safer. Can you believe what Billy said to me? That was a safe space, and he had no right to look at my flats like that. In Hong Kong, you're constantly surrounded by tyranny. And so it means a little bit more to you, a lot more to you. You know what means more to me, Chris? Waffle House. And you know what stinks? Texas opened, quote unquote, opened. That's air fingers quote for those of you watch or listening and not watching. By the way, none of you are watching. There's no way to watch. Uh, anyway, air fingers quote. Opened. You know, we just have to make sure there are no flare-ups for the next couple weeks. God, these freaking people. And yet none of these places are open. And this is what I've been talking about, Chris. You've scared everybody so badly because for two months you told them if you leave the house, you're going to die. If you leave the house, you're going to die. If you leave the house, you're going to kill grandma. If you leave the house, you're going to kill yourself. We're all going to die. You're going to die. Everyone's going to die. Do you want to kill grandma? You don't want to kill grandma. And now you're like, hey, doors are open, baby. Let's get back to work. And everyone's all, wait a minute. You What? No, I'm staying inside. There are consequences, aren't there? And sometimes we don't like to admit this because we all want redemption and nobody wants to own up to the things they've done. I certainly don't. I certainly don't want to be held accountable for all the crap I've pulled in my life. I'd like I'd like all that to go ahead and be forgotten, please. Forgive and forget. Just ignore all that. Oops. The truth is some things can't be undone. Especially when you're so committed to the original narrative. All the people in power, and I do mean all of them, and this crosses party lines big time, so don't write me emails. Say, oh, it's just the governors, these Democrats. No, 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 no. Nope. I'm as partisan right-wing hack as there ever was. I can't stand the leftists. I can't stand the Democrats. Don't you dare pin this public panic just on them. You can make every argument Republicans are as or more responsible for the public panic than Democrats. That is a fact. There were not large groups of Republicans standing up and telling the public, whoa, slow down, 
calm down. Let's gather more information on this thing. Once we have said information on this thing, let's approach fixing it. Let's approach controlling it in a way that can preserve our lifestyle, in a way that can preserve our economy and not wipe out the wealth of America. Let's do this smart, like adults. Calm down. Yeah, there was about one person in the country saying that, and it was me, and I'm not elected. I realize that, Chris. I, I was the one. I get that. I take no pleasure in that, by the way. Normally, I love being right. I, I wish I wasn't. I wish there was, you know, a lot of them. But there were not elected Republicans standing up, urging the masses to calm down. Let's analyze this like adults. Let's figure this out. There were Republicans who stood up, almost all of them, by the way, top to bottom, stood up and joined right along with the panic. And, oh, I realize they're coming out now and being, you know, the voice of reason. Well, we can't, st- we can't stay locked down forever. Buddy, that toothpaste you're trying to jam back in the tube, you were one of the original squirters who got it out of the tube. I'm happy you're changing course now, but don't think I don't know who you are, you pundits and politicians on the right. Let me tell you something. Everybody, you you keep writing me emails, and I love them. You're welcome to keep writing Jesse at Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse at Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse, you were right. I'm glad you were right. I wasn't sure at first. Look, that's fine, but it was awfully lonely out here, and I mean Awfully lonely out here. 877-377-4373 is the phone number if you want to call and talk to us today. 877-377-4373. We'll take some calls today. But my point is, Republicans, you're just as guilty of the current mindset of the public. And I'll just be frank. I am not a rule follower, as you probably have gathered by now. So just because the entire world tells me to shut up and sit down and make sure I panic like everyone else panics, I don't do it. Screw you. I have a brain. I'll think for myself. But I realize that puts me in a minority out there and that most people want to believe what they are told. And that's fine. I'm not judging you. I'm not that way, but I think you're frankly probably born with that. I'm just not that way. You know that if you're a Republican politician, so don't you think it's time you took some accountability? I want accountability. Is that bad? Does that make me a bad person, Chris? I want someone to stand up and say, we got this wrong. You've got to go live your life. Get out there and live. But no, we don't get that, do we? We get these mealy mouths, dip your toe in the water solutions now of, okay, well, I'll tell you what, we're, we might open in five weeks, but what we're going to do is we're going to open four businesses at first, and we'll see if there are any flare-ups. Then in another three weeks, we'll open another two businesses every week. What is that crap? Open up your daggone economy. People are starving. In the United States of America, not in Zimbabwe, people in the United States of America are waiting in line for hours for emergency food because of what you did. Politicians, I mean. 
It's not some random, well, we couldn't see it coming, the virus. Yes, you couldn't see it coming. Yes, the virus came from China. But the decision to shut down the country was your decision. China didn't make that decision for you. That was your decision. And I'm sick to death of seeing, well, hey, we had no other choice. No, brother. No, that's not true. That is not true. Y'all can keep ignoring the names Taiwan, South Korea, Sweden, but I will not ignore these names. There were choices. Other countries, apparently countries with balls, chose to make different choices. Their economies are humming along just fine, and they don't have higher deaths than we do. How about that? I want ownership. Open the freaking country up. I like natural products. I'm not one of these guys who refuses to ever take a medication for any reason. I'm not. But the truth is I don't like medication. I don't trust a lot of it. I like the natural things that grow. And I believe in letting the body take care of things naturally. That's why I love BoomerNaturals.com. It's not just the amazing face masks they have, although those are wonderful too. They have a bunch of other products. And as you can imagine from the name, they're natural. But back to those face masks, uh, maybe you've heard there's a pandemic. And a lot of these places, they require you to wear one. A lot of workplaces are going to be requiring you to wear one. Don't buy some junky one. Don't buy one that doesn't fit. Go to BoomerNaturals.com. They have adult and kid sizes there. It's a 30-day face mask, too. They're outstanding. Go to BoomerNaturals.com and use the code JESSE20. You save 20% every time you shop. BoomerNaturals.com, Jesse20. Now, like he does every Tuesday at this time, BK, former... Oh no, I'm sorry. This is this is Michael Malice. <laughs> I mixed up the guests like an idiot. <laughs> Michael Malice. Uh yeah, everybody knows him by now from my, from being well, all my audience does. This is one of the sharpest guys on the right and he catches a lot of crap because he does it in a humorous way. But the dude every time I have him on, I'm flooded with emails of people talking about how he seems sharp and different than everyone else. And that's what I like is different. Michael, why are you different? Why don't you sound like every other pundit? <laughs> maybe it's because I was born in the Soviet Union, grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, I don't know, maybe genetics, maybe environment. Happy Cinco de Mayo to you, Jack. Happy Cinco de Mayo. What, what were your parents like? I genuinely want to know why, why do you think differently and say different things than every other talking head? You like to call them NPCs than every other talking head. Oh, I should, not, I should note he's the host of, of, of You're Welcome, by the way. Keep going. 
I, I think when you grow up um, in a Soviet-raised household, you have a certain perspective towards the media and other institutions that are very different from what I think regular Americans are trained to perceive. Um, you know, like there's a this old saying in, in Soviet Union about how uh, they pretend to tell the news and we pretend to believe them or we pretend to listen. So, you know, the conservatives decreasingly, thankfully, used to have this idea that the media used to be honest and now they've gotten, you know, more corrupt or more or, or more dishonest or more, you know, partisan. And then you keep giving them receipts that, you know, Walter Cronkite was hardly some moderate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, toast figure. And this has been going on for many, many decades, you know, especially places like the New York Times and, uh, and other institutions dedicated to, uh, you know, fomenting their cultural control. So I guess that gives it a little bit of a, a perspective. Plus, I think if you're going to be a pundit and do it well, like you do, it's important to either say something original or if you're going to say something unoriginal, at least say it in an original original way. Otherwise, you're a dime a dozen. Tell me why. And, and look, I understand this is going to make people angry. Once again, I do not care. Tell me <laughs> why the media in general is not un-American, anti-American. Like the 1619 Project, people are aware of it by now, of the New York Times, dedicated and now, of course, picked up in school curriculums to teaching American school children just how racist and horrible America is. And that's one example of 10 million. We have major news organizations, NBC News being one of them, just blatantly repeating Chinese talking points. Our media, several parts of it, not all of it, appear to be actively working against their own country. Why? Well, I I think, I mean, there's two ways of looking at this, and I think you could take this back to the progressive era and people like Woodrow Wilson, and what you would perceive uh, to some extent as un-American is American in a very different way from what you would define American as most of your listeners would define American. It really is a radical, uh, different conception of things like the Constitution, race, the role of government, the role of the family. Um, so the roots, you know, this isn't recent. This has been going on for quite a long time. Teddy Roosevelt pr- promoted something called the New Nationalism. Oh. And this, the premise of this was, well, if something's not expressly forbidden in the Constitution, uh, I'm allowed to do it, and which uh, completely ignores the Tenth Amendment. So this has been going on for quite a long time. Uh, as for you know the Chinese propaganda, I, if it wasn't for China, I don't think they'd be particularly uh, you know singing the Star Spangled Banner and you know preaching mom and apple pie. I mean they do have an insidious need for control, and they also regard themselves as citizens of the world. Right? This is the whole thing. Like you don't want to think about American exceptionalism. You don't want to you know that's kind of silly, and they, they have this cynical sneer of any kind of earnestness or pride, uh, and they think it's kind of, you know, declassé, like, oh, it's those people in the Midwest. Like, we're be- we know better than that. We read The New Yorker. I'm informed. So I, I think it's a very cultural aspect, um, which as someone from New York and as someone who has a lot of friends, you know, in the Midwest and other places, I find really kind of repellent. What is what is that citizen of the world, people, I mean, globalism, whatever you want to call it, where does that come from? That seems like such a, a, such an anti, you know, even if you can, even if you boil down humanity to us all being, you know, self-interested, which we all are on some level. I never claim to be some saint. I mean, I'm the furthest thing in the world from it, but let's assume we're all self-interested. Doesn't that seem working against yourself to be against your own country or make yourself a citizen of the world? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is where you have to bring in Ayn Rand and, and for decades. I mean, although I, this is 
very much fallen away. The idea that the self doesn't matter and the only thing that matters is you can only justify yourself morally by how much you're doing for other people. And if you're making yourself a better person or taking care of your family or even creating a product that makes a lot of people's lives better, that is at best morally neutral. But if you are willing to genuflect or take other people's money on behalf of people somewhere overseas or you know some people that you're never even going to meet, you can consider yourself a good person. And this comes to their whole kind of technocratic idea that if we just had the right uh, intellectuals in Washington and they ran America like a factory, this is a progressive vision, then everything would be fine. Everything would be efficient. You'd have one type of cereal because that's the best kind of cereal for everyone. And it's really a very totalitarian, stark vision uh, that's seen in things like, you know, uh, um, 1984. This is the vel- This is the glove around the Iron Fist. All right. Everyone needs to know, while I know Michael offline, we did not talk about this next question specifically because I wanted his answer on the air. I have been, not, not like I'm America's dad, but I've been extremely disappointed in my country as a whole with the response to this virus. I see a very small percentage of us who actually value freedom, value independent thinking, and I've watched people on the right and the left beg, please, daddy, government, protect me. And it honestly has bummed me out. Very few things bum me out. It has bummed me out. Am I wrong? No, uh, H.L. Mencken, the great cynic who, uh, this is almost 100 years ago, he said the average man does not want to be free. He simply wants to be safe. And I think that is the true of any country, but decreasing, not America as much, but certainly it's, it's huge there that people don't want to stand on their own two feet. Uh, they are feel comfortable being part of a group and in bad cases, a mob. And this creates a huge disincentive for these politicians who are making these choices, because if there's even one death that's going to occur as a consequence of opening up, which is inevitable, uh, people don't understand trade-offs, then the corporate press will freak out and be like, look, little Timmy died. This is your fault. Blood's on your hands, blah, blah, blah. We saw it yesterday already. Chris Christie said on CNN that we're going to have to open up and there's going to be some deaths. That's inevitable. That's just math, right? And it was trending and people were losing their minds. There's no scenario where there aren't going to be any deaths from corona, regardless of what choices we take, even if we had a vaccine tomorrow. Michael, tell people about your show. My show, you're welcome. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's you're going to have to come on the next time you're in New York. We're doing it over Skype now, which I hate, but I love to do it um, in person. It's just me and it's just a hang. And I think a lot of people uh, enjoy that kind of stuff when people bro out, uh, that kind of thing. How do people, I don't normally do this, but I'm telling you, people love you every time you come on. How do people get it? Where do I get your welcome? Oh, you could get it on iTunes or uh, um, YouTube or, you know, anywhere podcast picture, podcasts are available. Uh, but Twitter is where I make my most uh, noise, which uh, you and I are uh, mutual fans and friends there. <laughs> no question about it. Michael Malice, I wish we had more of you, man. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Jesse. Take care. Be good. Dude's sharp, man. Dude's sharp. I love people with a different way of viewing things. And he manages to offend people, which I love as well. <laughs> but... I like people who are not afraid to just come out there and say things. And he's right. He, there is There are few people more on point when it comes to addressing the press than Michael Malice. And to, I hate to put too fine a point on it, Chris. You know how gentle I am. But I think I'm going to have to level with you. And we're just going to have to be honest about something with our own party, with our own side. Something... 
something we need to deal with. Time to deal with it. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. I believe in experience. That's what I believe in. Experience. That is pretty much the most important thing for me when I'm looking for a restaurant, when I'm looking for a charity. And I'm not trying to indict all the other charities out there. There are some amazing ones. But let me just put it to you this way. A charity that just popped up, maybe you can't trust it. Maybe they just don't know what they're doing. There's a lot of incompetence out there. You know how long Delta Rescue has been saving animals? You're not going to believe this. 40 years. 40 years they've been saving animals. They know what they're doing. They know how to care for these animals. They have a system in place. It's a place where your money will not be wasted. Go to deltarescue.org slash jesse. Go get involved. Start saving these animals like Delta Rescue does. DeltaRescue.org slash Jesse. That's DeltaRescue.org slash Jesse. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. There is a way of thinking out there, I continue to hear this all the time, that, Jesse, I don't know how you get away with saying that. Jesse, why do you say that? You can't say that. You're going to get in trouble for saying that. Let me be clear about something. I understand the show has gone national now, and that's awesome, and we're thrilled, and apparently this thing's spreading like wildfire. For some reason, Chris, people have poor taste. <laughs> Good for us. For some reason, people have poor taste. But here's what I believe to be true. And this is our issue. People have this need, left and right. This is not a Republican or Democrat thing. People have this need to feel accepted. And if you have that need, it's human nature to have it. I'm born without vital pieces that I should have so I don't have it, but it's human nature to have it. And if you have it, you need to fight against it if you're somebody on the right. What you see now, you see all these pundits on the right leading from behind. You see, initially when all this panic came out, it was, oh my gosh, yes, we have to lock down. Of course we have to lock down. Trump has no choice. We better lock down. Lock everyone down. Hide in your home. Ah, we're all going to die. And then about two weeks into it, it was obvious this thing wasn't going to kill 50 million. And oh man, the economic destruction's really bad. And now they're, they started saying, well, I mean, maybe just some targeted lockdowns and And now we have 30 million unemployed and they're all, hey, these lockdowns are absurd. We've got to get the, brother, you were behind the whole time, not because you're stupid. Virtually everybody, pundit and politician on the right 
has a higher IQ than I do, and I mean all of them. I went to community college. You were behind the whole time? Because you don't have any balls. I'm sorry, was that too frank for you? Again, it's not your mommy's show, but that's why you were behind. Because so much of conservatism... So much the reason that it hasn't conserved anything? A hundred years of government growth? We're running up a $4 trillion deficit this year? Abortion? We had the House, Senate, presidency for two years. Planned Parenthood still getting government money. The reason why conservatism doesn't actually conserve anything is conservatism lacks balls. It just does. It wants to be conservative. I mean, Constitution, liberty, military, freedom, Second Amendment, right up to the point where it makes somebody uncomfortable. And then it's, well, there's no place for that. (laughs) I mean, look. The education system, the public education system, sure, it's been completely taken over by the left. Sure, it's now churning out 4 million new college students a year that are wholly dedicated to leftist causes and the destruction of the United States of America. But what? What? Defund public education? That is a sacred right. Okay, so, so you're not actually interested in solving the problem. Spending, we are spending too much money. Can you believe Barack Obama? That Obama guy, man, Obama, Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi, trillion dollar deficits. Can you believe the Barack Obama and the spending, spending this and spending that? What? Trump's going to pass a new stimulus bill. Woohoo! We're saved. Thank you, Mr. President. There's a lock. There's a disease out there. Everybody hide. You know why? Because they want to be accepted. Because it's human nature. Anywhere you go. You remember it from a kid. I remember it being a kid. I wasn't always a psychopath. I moved schools one year. We moved from Ohio to Montana. Fifth grade. You, many of you have had that experience. You walk in that new classroom. You don't know a single person in the world. What do you want more than anything, man? Just, gosh, just don't let me be the outcast. Just, just somebody take me in. I don't care if it's the nerds. Somebody take me in. I don't want to be the outcast. You just want to be accepted. And the truth is these people... Politicians and pundits on the right. I'm talking about people on the right. I know the leftists are sick. They know what's right. That's what bothers me. They know the right thing. They just don't have the balls to actually say it when it matters. They'll say it after the fact. But all they do is swim with the tide. What what guts does it take to swim with the tide? Everyone's swimming with the tide. Where were you when it counted? I'll tell you where you were. You were hopping right along with the panic and waving your MAGA pom-poms. 
Well, now we're in bad trouble, man. Eb sleep. EBB sleep. Remember that because I'm about to change the way you go to sleep at night. No, it's not pills. This is a drug-free solution, something you wear. It's not a mouthpiece either. It's something you put on your head. And what it does is it applies precise and continuous cooling to your forehead, which calms your mind. Because that is why you can't get to sleep. It's not because you haven't taken enough pills. It's because your mind won't shut down. You and I both know it because I go through it too. I lay down and I got things on my mind. Ebb Sleep has changed the game. You have to try one of these things. I can't speak highly enough for it. Go to tryebb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. And when you use the code jesse at checkout, you actually get 25 bucks off. Stop taking pills to go to sleep. Get an ebb sleep. Tryebb.com slash jesse. I got one more serious thing to talk about when it comes to this stuff, and then I have to tell my restaurant story. I started to tell my restaurant story before, Chris. We were talking about Texas opening restaurants. And then what happened, as sometimes happens on the show, let's be honest, as all the time happens on the show, I got distracted, and I started to get upset, and I started to yell about something, and I totally totally forgot my restaurant story, but I'm going to tell it, and it's sick, only it's awesome, but it's absolutely disgusting. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. But before I get to that, I have one more thing I need to rant on. Because I keep getting emails about this, and you can send me all the emails you want. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Or you can call 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. Before I get to all that, though, I keep getting emails and messages from people saying, was this by design? Is the left doing... Because they're looking at certain things that are happening that... I mean, let's be honest, it's a dream for the left, and they want to know, well, the left started all of it. Well, no, they didn't. Well, not really. Kind of? Maybe a little? Ah, I'll explain. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Before I get to my Waffle House story, I have been getting a lot of people telling me that this is some sort of leftist conspiracy. No. 
It's not. Not original. And even now, it's not some conspiracy. I don't do conspiracies. And the reason I don't do conspiracies, while I love them, you know, I'll talk about them endlessly. And this thing, there are going to be creepy things that come out of this that are going to sound conspiracy-like in the end when we figure it all out. But the truth is this. It came from China. Whether it came from that bioweapons lab or whatever, or a bat, you know, a bat soup, we don't know. Came from China. It got here. That's a fact. Here's something else that's a fact. The left, the American left didn't design the virus. But people are on the people on the right are accusing them of this because of well, let's be honest, what we see here. What are some casualties of this whole thing? Churches, you seen the headlines? Churches are going under. People aren't tithing because people aren't going to church. And I realize you can give online, but let's be frank. Don't you give more when you go to church? How many people go to church are older, don't even know how to give online? I guarantee this has cut church giving by half at least. I have no stats on that. I bet you I'm, I bet you I'm underselling it. I bet you this has gutted churches. So churches are going to close. What else is hurting right now? Private schools. Private religious schools. What's one thing the left hates above all else? Because how much have we talked about education already? The left knows. They're not stupid. They know that's where their bread's buttered. They long ago figured out while the right was twiddling its thumbs and doing 1% tax cuts, the left was taking over the education system because the left figured out uh, you win wars by controlling the supply lines. The supply lines are right there. Let's just take it over. We'll give them some political wins now. Let's Let's just make sure we have an entire generation of leftists churning out every year. And they did it. And what do they hate above all else? What's the left hate? Private schools. They hate churches. They hate private schools quite openly now. And we're losing them rapidly as we speak. Many of them won't actually close until next year as they try to get this thing, you know, put together. But they hate them. And so it feels like a conspiracy when it's not a conspiracy. What it is is... The left realizing very, very quickly, very, very quickly, this is what they do. And you know what? Good for them. I respect a worthy opponent. I know that makes me different. And yes, I despise them. But when I see my enemy make a an outstanding maneuver, I don't hate him for it. I hate myself for not seeing it coming. I hate myself for not thinking of it first. The left right away figured out, uh, wait a minute, hold on. The president of the United States just said we have to lock down the country. Um, do you have any idea how many things we want that we can get out of this? Including quite possibly the presidency itself. And they jumped. And they jumped all over it. And you know what? 
I don't have another way to put it. Good for them. Good for them. Bad for us. Bad for you. Bad for me. Bad for America. But good for them, man. I love Waffle House. I love it. Now, I understand women do not like it. I don't know how this came to be. Maybe it's just because women are a bit a bit cleaner, Chris. <laughs> slightly cleaner. Slightly better smelling than we are. I admit it. I don't know. It's, it's, it, look, I don't like to brag, but I shower every day. You know what's funny? Is people feel like, women always feel like there's some secret to your skin or something like that. And look, I'm not, women do all their other stuff. You remember Cam Edwards yesterday talking about how he has goats and they use his, and they sell it for goats, milk, goats, milk, soap. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a thing. And apparently it's very common. I went home and asked the wife. She's like, oh yeah, you idiot. So I get all that, but I'll go somewhere and get my haircut or something like that. And women will ask, well, what do you use on your skin? Well, what, what do you mean? What I, I, I put soap on it in the shower and then I wash it off. What are you talking about? What, no, what do you use for moisturizer? I don't use freaking moisturizer. What are you talking about? I put soap on it in the shower and then I wash it off. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> anyway, Waffle House. So I love it. You know, I'm white trash. I don't deny it. I love it. My boys love it. And what boy wouldn't love it? We walk into Waffle House. They get their little chocolate milks. Yeah, you got to avoid getting stabbed on the way in sometimes, but that's just the facts of life. You get a little chocolate milk. They get some waffles, maybe chocolate chip waffles. The waitstaff there is almost always unbelievably polite. Maybe not with a full head of teeth, but almost always unbelievably polite. Treat you like gold. You know, the American diner experience. My boys are eating bacon and waffles. I'm eating hash browns smothered and covered. Oh, yeah, and that little cheesesteak thing they have. You know about that cheesesteak, Chris? You finally tried it, right? It's legit. A lot of people don't know about the Waffle House cheesesteak. And I should disclose, the one I order is called, I believe it's called the Texas cheesesteak. And that's because, obviously, I live in Texas. I don't, I truly doubt they have a Texas cheesesteak in the other states. Maybe they call it whatever that state is. I bet they do. Like, it's the Arkansas cheesesteak or something. What are you talking about, Chris? I understand it as Texas toast, but let's be honest. They can come up with that or at least something similar to other states. Okay, look, Chris, go ahead and look up a Waffle House menu in Little Rock, Arkansas, and see if you can find that on there. We're going to get down to this right now. Call me crazy. I assume Little Rock, Arkansas has a Waffle House. If they don't, look up Jackson, Mississippi, because I've personally eaten there. Did I ever tell you about the Jackson, Mississippi one, Chris? And so I forgot. All right, hold on. I'll get back to my other Waffle House story in a second. I'm passing through Jackson, Mississippi, and I'm by myself. We're in the middle of moving from Virginia to Texas with no job, mind you. And I'm driving down here first. I'm driving down here by myself, and I'm driving down here first. I'm passing through Jackson, Mississippi. Now, I love the South. I love the Deep South. But the Deep South is, for those of you who've never been there, a different place. And look, I've seen all the stereotypes. Every hoity-toity person in New York City, 
that has, you know, 10, 10 doctorate degrees wants to look down on the South. You know, I love my New York City. Frankly, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to end up moving there one day. I just, I love it that much. However, a lot of your views of the South are way off. Some of them, though, kind of right. The South, the Deep South. What's the best way I can put this that doesn't get me into trouble? Let me put it this way. A common sight, a common sight in the deep, deep South is driving down a road and you are surrounded by shocking levels of black poverty. I'm talking houses with no windows and people living in them, that kind of black poverty, real major poverty. And you'll drive through five miles of that. And you'll see something coming. You know what? Hang on. I'll explain. Our phones, they're, uh, well, they're not good. <laughs> they're not they're not clean, I'll tell you that much. But look, when I found this out, and this was just not too long ago, when I found out how gross our phones are, ugh, it kind of gave me the shivers, I'll be honest with you. Your phone, and my phone, on average, it's dirtier than a public restroom. That's how gross your phone is. It's time for you to get a Clean Phone Pro. Clean Phone Pro doesn't use a bunch of chemicals and nasty stuff you have to worry about. It uses nine UVC lights, and it's not just for phones, by the way. Keys, wallets, credit cards, jewelry, whatever you've got, it will disinfect. 99.9% of the bacteria gone. It'll disinfect whatever you get in there. Clean Phone Pro. Go to AmericaFirstShop.com and find the Clean Phone Pro. AmericaFirstShop.com, Clean Phone Pro. Use the promo code JESSE. Save yourself some money with free two-day shipping. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. Deep South. Here's what it's like. Driving through long sections of extreme black poverty. And I can't can't emphasize enough extreme. The first time I ever encountered this as a young adult, I didn't. Honestly, you want to talk about privilege? And I, I didn't exactly grow up wealthy. I didn't realize there were people who lived like this. Ramshackle houses with no windows and a kid playing on an old rusted piece of furniture in the front yard. It's, you look at it and you think, oh, well, that's clearly someplace in the Middle East. No, that's here, right? And you'll drive through miles of it and then you see something and coming, coming up ahead and it's almost... Wow, what in the world? This is, it's almost like you're looking at an oasis. Are my, are my eyes playing tricks on me? And you will emerge from miles of black poverty 
into the most sprawling, gorgeous farm. Are we going to call it farm, Chris? Or should we just call it a gigantic plantation? Is plantation considered a bad word now? A gigantic, beautiful, green, lush farm. And then as soon as the farm ends, back into the black poverty. Right next door. Not separated out. Not farms or plantations next to plantations. Long story short, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, not saying, you know, slavery's still here, in a lot of ways, not that much has changed. Things change slowly, is all I'm saying. The Deep South is a different animal. It just is. And I love it. It's one of my favorite places. We made a decision to only move to Red America. That's all we wanted. Oh, I would have happily moved there. Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia. I love these places. Florida might be my favorite place in the country. I love Florida. I'm just saying it's different. And Jackson, Mississippi is routinely ranked one of the poorest, decent-sized cities in in America. Mississippi, I think, is the poorest state in America. If not every year, it's up there every single year. It is... Poor, poor, poor Deep South. I'm traveling by myself. Pull in. Now, I'm not feeling any danger here. I'm not, I'm not, let me clarify. I'm not feeling danger at all. It's just a very poor area. And I pull in to a Waffle House because where else does a man eat when he's traveling on his own, Chris? I go into this Waffle House in Jackson, Mississippi, and I sit on an order, and it's all black people working there. I don't really think anything of it. I mean, I'm not one of the, I'm colorblind, so I didn't even notice. I'm not colorblind. My eyes work fine. I walk in. I can clearly see there are all black people working there. just doesn't obviously bother me. So I go sit down at the counter because I actually want to ha- make a conversation with someone. I've been, not, I've been by myself for a long time, for two or three days now. I would actually like to speak to another human being. I start talking to him. Could not have been more polite to me. You know, very Southern. Yes, sir. No, sir. Can I get you more orange juice, sir? That kind of thing. And then they turn and talk to each other right in front of me. And they're calling each other the N-word. Not just and you know, not just the one that ends with A, the one that ends with E-R. A lot. In casual conversation, right in front of me. And the first time somebody does it, I'm all, oh, man, he's, I'm about to witness a fight. And the other guy doesn't bat an eye. They're friends talking back and forth. And that's just how they were talking to each other. And so you need to travel all around America to understand America better. There are just different parts of the world. I'll never forget that experience in Jackson, Mississippi, though, Chris. Of, and, I mean, I settled in. Look, it's not obviously an offensive word to me. So I'm like, oh, all right, man, y'all knew what you do. It's not it's up to me. Had a great meal, Chris. Fast forward to here. I live now in the Houston Burbs. My kids have grown to love Waffle House as I love Waffle House. Waffle House, though, sometimes, just not all the time, everybody has a bad day, sometimes it can be not necessarily the cleanest place. Or at least in the eyes of a woman, my wife won't step foot in there. It's viewed as not necessarily the cleanest place. 
No big deal to me. We're men. I'm not scared of some germs, right? Now, whatever my wife has a, a girls' night or a neighborhood meeting with the ladies or her, her folks are in town or something like that, whenever she has something to do that gets her out of the house at dinner time, we are obviously aren't going to cook for ourselves. <laughs> this is America. My boys, as soon as they even find out she's leaving, will ask, Dad, can we go to Waffle House? Can we go to Waffle House? Dad, can we go to Waffle House? To which I obviously respond, um, yes, which it is hilarious. My kids have known some good food in their lives. They don't ask to go to some steakhouse. They don't ask to go to some nice place like Red Lobster. They ask to go, what, Chris? They ask to go to Waffle House, period. That is their restaurant of choice. So we always take off Waffle House. Now, this particular evening was an evening not unlike any other in Waffle House. We sit down, extremely polite, all America, baby. I think they have Bible verses or God bless America on the on the windows of everyone. Don't they, Chris? I understand you're Jewish, but don't they have don't they have something like that? God bless America? Something. I mean, it's it's America, baby. There's nothing better. Now, we sit down, we have our meal. My youngest son has, well, he has a lot of talents. I don't like to brag, but he can read. He's nine. And one of his special talents is he has to use the restroom at the worst possible time every time. I have actually, sadly, I've gotten mad at him before because I have convinced myself on occasion that he does it on purpose. It's that bad. I cannot count how many times this child, when we are packed up, we're leaving for church in the morning. We are walking out the door, getting in the car. I have to use the restroom. Boom, we're late. We have a restaurant reservation. I have to use the restroom. Boom, we're late. We get out to a store. We're at the house all morning. We're hanging out, chilling out, breakfast, and we decide we have to get out and go run errands. We'll take off in the car and be 10 minutes from home. I have to use the restroom and I have to go right now. He is. That's what he does. You know what else? He does it at dinner time too. All the time. When it comes time to eat dinner, when it comes time to eat lunch, it is sit down. Okay. The food's getting cold and you know how I am about my food. Everybody uncomfortable, uncomfortably strict when it comes to eating my meals. Doesn't matter to him. He'll sit down. Can I use the restroom first? You can't be serious. You cannot be serious. That's what he does. Sure enough, we sit down. It's time. We eat our meal, have a great experience. They always treat my kids well, which I appreciate too. Really, really underrated, underrated customer service move for a restaurant or anybody in retail. Remember I gave you RV selling lessons before? If someone walks in with kids, don't be creepy guy. Oh, goochie, goochie, goo, and touch their cheek and you go all Joe Biden on them. No sniffing anybody. Treat somebody's kids really well. Really, really well. It matters. So they're always treating my kids well. They give them the little paper Waffle House hats, which my kids love. And, I, yeah, I request one myself. And we put on our Waffle House hats and we're having a good time. Finally. Now, I need to explain This Waffle House is six minutes from my house. Maybe, maybe seven or eight. If that sounds specific, I'm trying to be specific. It's close, man. It's not 10. Crap, are we out of time? 
All right, I'll explain in a sec. You need sleep. I know some of you convince yourselves you don't, or you convince yourselves, I just, oh, I'll have another 12 cups of coffee. I'm sure it won't matter. It matters. Look, I, I've tried this before. I'm not judging you. I've tried it. I, I, oh, I don't need much sleep. I'll just, I'll drink more caffeine. I'm sure everything's fine. No, your brain needs it. Your body needs it. And I know why you can't sleep. You lay down and you can't turn off your thoughts. Those days are done. Now they have Ebb Sleep, E-B-B. And when you go to tryebb.com slash jesse, that's tryebb.com slash jesse, and use the promo code jesse, you get 25 bucks off. This thing is a wearable device that provides cooling to your forehead, keeping your thoughts calm. Stop trying to get through your day on caffeine. Start sleeping again. Tryebb.com slash jesse. That's tryeb.com slash jesse. Joining me now, as he will every single Tuesday at this time, BK, former Air Force PJ and current host of World News with BK. BK, first of all, you sent me a text this morning about Venezuela, and it gave me a good snicker because of how true it was. Why don't you elaborate a little bit, please? (laughs) So, yeah, Jesse, thanks for having me on, as always. And, yeah, I got to talk about this attempted coup (laughs) in Venezuela. (laughs) It was a freaking beach invasion, Jesse. (laughs) I'm like, what? Okay, so here's what we know. Basically, what we know, and I'm, I'm looking at the Military Times article, which was very good, but basically Venezuelan security forces have arrested eight people, including two alleged U.S. citizens. And, yes, this was following a beach invasion aimed at capturing socialist President Nicolas Maduro. And now they have 25,000 Venezuelan troops mobilized to hunt for other rebels and they, they they have some videos floating around on social media so now they're interviewing this guy out of florida and this is the former green beret a guy named justin goodrow and he's claiming he was working with the two men in this mission big air quotes here launched early sunday to liberate the country and i guess the plan was to, to storm the beach to seize the beach town and then just start working their way up. And according to Goudreau, these two former U.S. guys that are in custody are also U.S. veterans who served in Iraq and Afghanistan with him in the United States military. And, you know, it's a little hard right now because Venezuela and the United States broke diplomatic ties last year. There's no U.S. embassy there. So now this guy, Goudreau, is trying to like figure out how to get his guys out of custody. Who even knows if they're alive? Who even knows if they've been like uh, beaten and everything? And I'm just I'm reading through the details of this. You know, Goudreau is claiming that opposition leader. You remember the Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guaido? Oh he yeah, was the guy we tried to prop up and almost overthrew, and it never happened. Well, Goudreau is claiming guy this this uh, idea of the beach invasion 
was a contract with Juan Guaido, and Guaido has denied that. Of course, he's going to deny it. Uh, but yeah, this was. I, I don't know what these guys are thinking, Jesse. Like this all sounds really good. I don't know if they've seen too many movies. You know what this reminded me of? It reminded me of that dope, the Navy SEAL who went to Haiti like a year ago and promptly got arrested at the airport with all the guns. Guys, stop doing this. It's not going to work out well. And, and Jesse, let me ask you this. Do you think this was? Do you think they did get a little bit of money from the CIA or something? I wouldn't be surprised. That's that's. See, I'm so glad you brought this up because this entire story has fascinated me. Because it's it would be one thing for some you know goober who's who's seen one too many movies, gets his hands on an AR, does some range time, you know, with nobody shooting back, you know, always in the prone, hits the target nine out of ten times, and thinks to himself, right. "I'm ready. Let's do this." and Let's say he gets a goober buddy or two and storms the beaches. This is another thing entirely for highly trained men. I'm assuming if some green beanie knows them, I'm assuming they're at least trained in some way. You would know you're not going to fight your way through thousands of Venezuelan <laughs> army troops to the to the palace of Venezuela. <laughs> Jesse, and we already did this, Jesse. We did this in the 60s, the Bay of Pigs in Cuba. And that was a United States-backed coup attempt. And that was a complete disaster. So these 10 guys on a rubber dinghy or whatever it was storming the beach. And you know, you know, what's even more classic about this, the AP, the news service, they said that Goudreau, the former green beret had been working with a retired Venezuelan army general to train dozens of Venezuelan military deserters at seeker camps in Colombia. Right. And then they were going to do this cross border raid. Well, that Venezuelan army general, is now facing United States narcotics charges also. Yeah, all right. So, BK, I have a theory. I have a theory. I'm going to run it by you. Here's my theory. Yep. This was not paid by the CIA. This was paid by, obviously, Guaido or whatever his name is. This mm-hmm. was paid by him and his buddies. They dug up, as you just said, some old Venezuelan military types. Those old Venezuelan military types decided to put out the word on the web for, quote, highly trained U.S. Special Forces types. They got a couple dudes, and yes, some turds do make it through the process, people. They got a couple dudes who washed out after two months for drugs or whatever else, and they marched in for money, for drug money or whatever they were looking for, and stormed the beaches. That's my theory. Uh, Probably, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, this guy... Listen, I don't want to disrespect the guy too much. It was a stupid idea. But this Goudreau guy, he was a legit, like, you know, war hero. He's got, like, I noticed he's got, like, three bronze stars. Uh, but the fact is, I don't know, maybe it's a case of you know, he's a war junkie of some kind, and maybe he got out of the military, and now he's bored silly, and some retired Venezuelan uh, general gives him a bag full of drug money and says, hey, here's my idea, and it's going to work out great, just the way I laid it out on paper. and. Obviously, things went sideways. BK, you are obviously have been part of that world. I have never been, but that fancy schmancy super ninja special forces world. There tends to be, at least from the various friends I have in various parts of it, a really different mentality depending on which you know which unit you're talking about here. Honestly, seals tend to be a bit cockier, a bit louder about it. I've noticed green berets tend to be 
kind of the more mature type. I don't know where that comes from, and maybe it's just the wrong observation on my part. One, have you noticed that? Two, what is the Air Force PJ? What's the mentality there? Uh, well, you know, I think we're I think the Air Force PJ is just happy to be along for the ride, you know, because we don't really <laughs> honestly because we don't really we don't really run a lot of things unilaterally. Uh, often, you know, we're tasked to another unit like a Green Beret unit or a SEAL Team Six or something like that. So, um, but as far you know, I think there's there's good and bad in every field. You know, I think the biggest issue is what happens to these guys when they're done. I mean, you train them up, you tell them from day one, you're a killer, let's go kill, you go kill, and you point these guys in the direction, you tell them to go kill the enemies of America, and then they're done, and then they have nothing to do. And that's when they really go to turn into a huge mess. I've seen it so many times, Jesse, where these guys get out of the military and have no direction in life because their entire life has been in the military. They're surrounded by the team. You know, that team mentality. And now it's not really, you know, then, then you're done. One day it's over. And then now you're like in the team, you know, your teammates keep in touch a little bit, but they're, they're off training and doing the next mission. It's not, and it's not the same. They don't really have time for you. So, you know, you gotta have, I, I tell young operators or whatever that are all gung ho, full of piss and vinegar. I'm like, this is, I'm like, dude, this is fun. And I know you're having a good time, but just keep in mind it ends and you better have something else that you're passionate about, that you're interested in for when it does end. Otherwise, it's going to end badly for you. Really quickly, because we only got about 30 seconds, did you ever consider, I'm sure you got offered, did you ever consider going the PMC route? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I contracted for about 10 years after I got out of the military. Um, I was spent many deployments over in Iraq uh, and uh, was all over that country. So, yeah, I was uh, worked for all those companies. It was a pretty good experience for the most part. Um, it wasn't as fun. It wasn't as uh, entertaining, but, you know, you, you're around like a lot more guys. You still had a sense of mission, especially in Baghdad in 2009, you know, when it was still really dangerous. And, you know, it was uh, you had that sense of purpose, like you're still working for the U.S. government. So it's not like you're a mercenary. I want to clear that up. You're still working. You're a direct hire of the United States government with the full faith and backing of the U.S. government. So I always resented the term mercenary. Um, you know, if you're going to throw a label on me, you can call me a soldier of fortune if you want to. But uh, <laughs> that was it for me. <laughs> BK of World News with BK, man, I'm telling you, you got to get this podcast. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, Jesse. Be good. No, those PNC, PMCs are bad dudes, man. And he, he, he nails it. I just, gosh, what was that book? I'll get you the name of the book during the break because I'm stupid and I forgot. Uh, you need to do some reading on PMCs, on these private military contractors. It's not necessarily what you think. I'll explain in a second. And no, I'm not going to forget, Chris. I'll finish my Waffle House story, and I'll talk about PMCs. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. We're in Waffle House. We finish our meal. Get up to leave. 
And so what does he say? Everyone knows. I have to use the bathroom. And and I'm looking and I mean we're we're in a waffle house, right? And we're minutes, minutes from home. And I say, Luke, buddy, I need you to shoot me straight here. Is there any way you can wait until you get home? He says, no, I can't. And I say, okay, is it, do you have to go pee or poop? He said, man, I've got to poop. And I'm like, buddy, let me ask this again. Is there any way you can wait until we get home? And he says, dad, I can't. And what am I going to do? I've got to take him at his word. I'm like, all right, go poop. I send his brother over there with him. Always send them together if you don't go with them to a public restroom. I don't want to go paranoid father on you. But once again, look at your state sex offender registry. Put in your zip code and prepare to have your jaw drop at the monsters who live around you. There are monsters everywhere. And they would love, you remember the opening of our show, right? You think Gilda Ray was the last one? They would love to find an innocent young boy in a public restroom. Until my boys got big enough, I always went with them. Now I make sure I send them together. Send his brother over there with him. Brother just stands guard at the door because it's a single man bathroom. Son goes in there, takes care of business, drops the kids off at the pool, gets himself cleaned up, washes his hands. And I see him rounding the corner as I stand by the front door with his brother walking towards me limping. Severely limping. He comes up. He says, I hurt myself. And I said, what did you do? He said, there was some kind of jagged metal piece on the bottom of the Waffle House bathroom door. And he shows me, and there is a three or four inch on my life, I'm not making that up, slice in his foot underneath the ankle. I obviously am mortified because all I can think of is, I mean, should we just chop the foot off now or should we wait for the gangrene to set in? So we race to my truck. I'm trying Because I'm a father, and this is your job as a dad, not to worry him or my boys. So I'm like, okay, hurry up. We just need to get home really quick and get this cleaned up. And inside, I'm thinking, I mean, I I could probably amputate it right here if I have to. I get him in my truck. I pull out, even though I don't use this a lot. You do you. I do not. I keep it there for just such an occasion. I have a bottle of hand sanitizer in the center center console of my truck. I tell him, buddy, this is going to hurt. He said, how bad? I said, just suck it up. It's going to hurt. And I drown it in that stuff. To his credit, he took it like a man. I told him to suffer in silence. We race home, and I proceed to scrub that thing for like 10 or 15 minutes. It all turned out to be okay. No infection. But let's just say... That child had the cleanest foot in the United States of America for about a 48-hour period. Can you even imagine the things that are growing on a jagged metal piece on the bottom of a Waffle House door? (laughs) It's disgusting. All right, the PMC book I was telling you about. People are unaware of this world, and I'm glad BK hit on it a little. I wanted him to. PMC means private military contractor, for those of you who don't know. And people hear that term, 
And the only thing anybody knows is uh, Blackwater, a mercenary. I have an outstanding book for you to read. I'm sure there's more than one out there. But this book is called, and this guy's not some show sponsor or friend. I don't know him, although I should probably try to get him on. You know what, Chris? Try to get the author on. Let's try to get him on the show. What, man? That's our job. We bring the heavy hitters. Try to get the, anyway, the book is called Zero Footprint. Zero Footprint is the name of the book. And this dude, he lays out his, you know, obviously comes from the special forces world. Lays out, and this dude fought Everywhere. And when I say everywhere in the past 20 years, I mean you, Afghanistan, Iraq, Benghazi. He was there. He was knee deep in Benghazi. If you want some inside baseball on what was really happening in Benghazi, it was jaw dropping. And this is not, he was, he's not an American. He's a Brit, if memory serves me. So he wasn't highly invested. He's not some Republican or Democrat. And he'll give you the skinny on what's happening in Benghazi. And I'm not going to give it away. It was amazing. But he gives you, the real skinny on the PMC world. And it was, I'll tell you what, I learned a lot. And he's open about the fact, look, there are some PMC groups out there and you can really make your own choices in that world. There are some PMC groups out there. They'll, they'll make sure that little native village is not a problem. And then there are PMC groups out there like the ones he's involved in. They would never do something like that. They work specifically for governments, for the United States government, for the British government, for the CIA. You have a very specific purpose. You're doing this. You're doing that. Period. Period. Worth your time. All right. Hang on. I have one more headline I want to hit. Hang on. I don't know if you've heard, I'm about to give you some breaking news here. There is a pandemic going on out there and many of you are vulnerable or you have loved ones who are vulnerable, or maybe you don't even want to wear a face mask, but you're in a city or workplace that requires you to do so. Go to Boomer Naturals for your face mask. It's boomernaturals.com. They use natural products there and they have now a 30 day face mask. That actually gives you 92.2% antibacterial protection. It's easy to breathe. That part is important. And it's easy to talk. Adult sizes, kid sizes. It's a highly rated mask for a reason. And look, boomernaturals.com is my one-stop shop for several things anyway. Why? Because I prefer natural solutions. Boomernaturals.com. And when you use the code JESSE20 at checkout, you save 20%. Every single time you shop. Boston University says students taking online exams may have cheated. And see, Chris, I understand we're out of time here. This is where I know that I have no moral compass. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is one example of many. This is a tiny, tiny example. I see a headline like this, and maybe this is my hatred of school. 
Maybe it's my sociopathy. Is that a word? Maybe it's my sociopathic nature. But I see a headline like this, and I'm like, daggone right they did. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. You've got a bunch of college kids, especially, I mean, college kids take it really, really seriously. Ah, this is college. It's the end of the world. And you don't find out until you get out in the real world. It doesn't mean anything. They take it seriously. And you made them work from home. And these kids today are geniuses online, man. All right, if you missed any part of the show, the whole thing will be on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It'll be on Apple. Make sure you subscribe on Apple. Leave a five-star review and talk about my handsomeness. It's the most important thing. You can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. You are going to enjoy our guests tomorrow. And let's be honest, you're going to enjoy me. That's all. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that rhymes. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum. Sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Shoes. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free 
home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.